Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2015. This is Pam talking about Step 3. Okay, my name's Pam, I'm an alcoholic. Hi Pam. Yeah, one of the things I was thinking on the way over here about, you know, this is the third step and this is about handing it over, so why am I nervous, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Hand it over to God and I thought, well, you know, I'm here to carry a message and maybe the message is that it doesn't matter how long sober you are, you still get nervous when you get up here and I may completely stuff it up and that's okay. That's, uh, you know, the message might be that just because you're sober it doesn't make you a a brilliant speaker. So, um, (laughs) yeah, but step three for me, um, this... I often hear people talking about working on step three and for me, I was blessed because I didn't really have to work on step three. Um, step three came as a result of the fact that I surrendered. Um, I remember that I got sober in Melbourne. I was living in Canberra at the time and I came down to Melbourne to get sober, you know, because people otherwise... I couldn't certainly do it in Canberra because people might know that I, <laughs> I had a problem. Um, they'd have to be blind, deaf and dumb not to but um, you know, I came in and I, and I was down in uh, Melbourne for eight weeks and I went to meetings in, out in the outer eastern suburbs and the meetings I went to were all ID meetings so I go back to Canberra and um, the first meeting I go to was a Thursday night and I turned up and it was a big book study and I thought my god this is awful, you know, these people sitting, they broke up into groups to discuss things and what, what happened to the ID, you know, what happened to that, that? And I, the thing that hit me was, my first thought was, I can't keep going to these meetings, you know, this isn't going to work for me here. And uh, the third thought that struck me was, I'm going to have to move to Melbourne. <laughs> Not that I can't go to these meetings, but I'm going to have to go to move to Melbourne. And I look back on that now and I think, for me, that was the start of step three for me, that I'd, be, you know, that I'd committed myself. And there's a, a bit that um, in the 12 by 12 that says every man and woman who has joined AA and intends to continue, and that, was, that to me is a couple of people have mentioned already in relation to step two, but that, uh, that idea that I've joined AA. Not that I go to AA, not that I front up and sit myself in a seat. It's the fact that I've actually joined AA, that I've made a commitment that my way doesn't work, I'm going I'm to give this a go. That, and and that had, that's what had happened to me, that it, it was actually that, that idea. So it wasn't studying the book, it wasn't reading those, you know, reading about what God meant to me or whatever. It was just that idea that... I was willing to, you know, I knew I couldn't do it and I knew that I had any evidence all around me that these people who talked like and talked about things that I had felt that I'd thought that I was alone. I had felt alone for so many years that I hadn't had that connection. Um, I thought I was different. um, And I heard people at these meetings talking about me. They talked about... You know, the fear and the loneliness and the, um, you know, that always feeling like I, I didn't fit in and they, uh, you know, the guilt and all those sort of things. And suddenly, you know, here was a whole lot of people who were just like me and they seemed to be happy. They seemed to be okay and they weren't drinking. 
and they, you know, they were friendly and they shook my hand and they weren't like the people I knew, you know, in, in my other life who had stopped inviting me anywhere, who didn't want to talk to me, who didn't want to be on the phone with me, you know, all that stuff, because I was just a pain in the ass, basically. You know, I probably was when I came to AA as well, but <laughs> people were kind and they, you know, they put out the hand and, and they welcomed me. And um, so I had evidence here that there was something, you know, that, that would work. And I made that commitment. I made that commitment. I thought uh, it was fear that kept me here, I, I must say, for, for the first little while, fear of going back to what I, what I had, that it was so awful at the end of my drinking. You know, I still had a house, a car and a job. Barely, but I still did have those things. And, uh, you know, so it wasn't so much the outer things, it was what was happening in here, you know. I had that, just the little flicker of my, my soul was dying. But um, I was, a guy used to say, I was slowly slipping off the planet. And that was me. Mm -hmm. And um, so I came here and, and fear kept me coming because I thought, I, don't, I can't go back to what that was. I really can't go back to that. I, it wasn't that I wanted to die, but I couldn't live like that anymore. And um, so I committed. And that idea that, okay, I've got to do what these people do. If I'm going to stick around, I'm going to, not only do I have to keep coming, I have to actually do what they suggest. And for me, that's the, um, you know, the essence of step three, that I'm committing to do the rest of the program. Um, you know, it talks about how in step 12, having had a, a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, not a result, the result, this is what it's all about, to have that spiritual awakening. So, you know, at the stage of step three for me, I didn't know what God was, well, still really don't know what God is, but, you know, that idea of um, I'd come from a... a um, Lutheran background, which is like Catholicism except worse. <laughs> no fun and dancing and all that stuff, and uh, no confession to get rid of the guilt. So you know, um, when I turned, when I turned 18 and left home, uh, my church didn't fancy sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and I wanted to try all three. So the church went out the window, and I threw the baby out with the bathwater. And so you know, I really didn't have that that idea, but. I guess, that, you know, again, the big book talks about, you know, deep down inside every man and woman there is that there is an idea of that God. And um, so it was still lurking there. But for me, it wasn't actually about the God bit. It was about the commitment to the program. It was about, and uh, Jenny's already mentioned that, that it says that, um, you know, we... It's interesting where that comes, the step three comes in the big book, where you've had... That, um, You've had four chapters in the introduction, all that sort of stuff, where it talks about step one and two, where, you, where it's working you up to saying, well, you know, I've got the problem, we've got a solution, now here it is. So you're starting to actually take the action. And it comes at that step, you know, step uh, chapter five, where it says, really, have we seen a person fail? And it runs through the steps. It gives you, here's the solution, here are the steps which are suggested as a program of action. And so then you say, well, now we're at step three. So it's introduced you to the idea that there's a whole program. It's not just about, you know, I do this and now I can stop there or whatever. There's a whole program ahead of me. And at the end of it, it says, next. So, you know, when do we do step four? Next. You know, it doesn't say in a year's time or whatever. <laughs> it's next. <laughs> 
And um, so, yeah, there's a, um, it sort of fits in there really nicely, doesn't it? That it, it tells me that there's a whole, whole lot of stuff that I've got to do and then I've got to decide to do it. Um, people have heard me share, have heard my story before about you know, making a decision and Jenny talked about the frogs, but I, I think in pictures, you know, I need an analogies in order to make it, things clear to me. And um, I got booked for speeding a few years back and um, sign of my unmanageability. But um, so, and I thought, you know, this uh, certainly is something I don't want to be doing. So I made a decision that I wouldn't speed. And making it, I made the decision. However, that didn't <laughs> stop me speeding. <laughs> I decided I hadn't, but there were things I had to do about it. And what I had to do was I had to watch, you know, what my speed was. I had to read speed signs. I had to pay attention to the GPS. I had to actually lift my foot off the accelerator. <laughs> there were things, actions I had to take in order to make that decision actually work. So, you know, making, at this stage, at step three, all I did was make the decision that I was going to do it. And that's, nothing's going to happen unless I actually take the action that enables me to... Um, you know, to carry, follow through on that decision, to make that decision work. Um, yeah, what do I, I... One of the things, too, it, um, I did reread over these in the big book and in the 12 by 12, just to refresh my memory on what, um, what's there. Um, and one of the th first things that struck me in that opening line about, um, you know, we believe that our, our troubles of our own making, and I thought... Isn't that a really empowering thing? This is an empowering step. We've, told, we've said here before in step two, you know, we've said that we're powerless, we've said that you know, there's a power greater than ourselves and here it's telling us how to access that power. Um, because if, it's of my, if, if, the, if my troubles of my own making, I can actually change things. I can do something about it. If it's your fault, I've discovered that I'm powerless over you and I'm powerless over alcohol. I can't change you, I can't change people, places and things, but I can actually change me and I'm being given the opportunity through the rest of these steps to actually do that. So what it's doing is really empowering me to become a different person. And one thing I used to hear about in those early days in Melbourne here was that you know, the woman that I was drank and the woman that I was will drink again. And I can't be that woman that drank. I have to be a different woman. I have to change. I have to be uh, learn to live with myself. I have to learn to connect. I have to, you know, that um, it says the um, what is it? Gone uh, blank about um, uh, something. Relationships with other people are the cause of most of our... Defective relationships with other people are the cause of most of our woes, including our alcoholism. And so what, do I, what can I do about those defective relationships? As Jenny said, what I used to do was I used to try and change you, you know. You were the defective one. I mean, I was OK, but if you would just, if you would just conform, if you would do what I suggested, then things would be fine. But I've learnt that, you know, that doesn't work might work for a little bit if, you, if you're a strong-willed person and the other person is sufficiently afraid of you. But, um, you know, it, it doesn't work. Um, so I do have the power to change myself with, you know, by, through the power of these steps. So, um, you know, 
It gives me the opportunity. I, I'm, I'm no longer helpless and hopeless. I have the opportunity to do something about this horrible affliction, you know, this, this craziness that's had me wanting to die, wanting to drop off the planet. So, um, yeah, I, I um, know that, that for me, you know, step three, what my sponsor says to me, you know, these days, and she's been saying it for, for years, that one of the things that she, she constantly says, probably because I need it, and this is now I say it to my sponsors and drive them crazy, about, you know, when I'm talking about something, some action, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, figure out how to fix it or, you know, whatever. And she says, just let it unfold. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? Not... I've got to do something, you know, I've got to speak to that person or make the phone call or, you know, I've got to do something. And she just let it unfold. And you know what? It actually works. <laughs> Surprisingly, when I take my hands off it, it works. And um, I, I have a, an example, and it happened not too far into my sobriety that I... Um, I was, I was in a job, and I'd be, it was a job that I had before I got sober. You know, I'd been in it for a long time, which is probably why I still had it, because I could do it in my sleep. But um, the, they were doing a big reshuffle. You know, this is Canberra. They were reorganising things. And, and uh, they were going to take my job, move it and put it somewhere else and, and uh, reorganise it. And so, you know, big panic, big panic. I'm going to lose my job. That's it. I'm going to be out in the street. I'm going to be a bag lady. That's it. You know, it's all happening up here. Let it unfold, my sponsor says. <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, anyway, I won't say that I actually did let it unfold all the time. You know, I did have to have put my fingers in here and there. But what resulted out of that was that by actually standing back and not trying to force the issue, um, I had been doing this job, I think, for 15 years, the one that I've taken it. I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't like it. It was it was managing money. I'm hopeless at that, but I was, here I am. I'm handling millions of dollars. You know, make sure you put the decimal place point in the right place, or you're going to blow it. And here they're going to move me. So they moved. They took the job, and then they said to me, and they said we're going to make this job a job with a degree. I didn't have a degree. I dropped out twice. You know, my, due to my drinking. And they said. Well, actually, we want you to come with the job and because you haven't got a degree, we'll actually pay for you to go and do it. So, here I am. I've got a job. I've got a degree. I'm getting paid to do a degree. And this job turned... If I had written down criteria for what would be a great job, there it was. And this was all none of my doing. I hadn't organised that. I hadn't applied for the damn thing. I hadn't set the criteria. I hadn't had any input into how this thing was going to work. It happened. And, you know, I, that old saying that, um, you know, God's got three answers to prayers. Yes, no, and hey, I've got a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> and usually that's, you know, that's the case. All of my thinking and all of my um, shenanigans and all my controlling and whatever, I've got it figured out how it's going to work and what it's going to look like and, you know, this is, this is going to, how it's going to be. And inevitably, if you had said to me, 
the solution to the fact that you are slowly dying inside is that I'm going to send you to a group called Alcoholics Anonymous and you're going to sit your bum in a seat, you know, five nights a week and whatever, and you're going to do the steps and you're not going to drink and that will change your life and it'll become fabulous. I would have said, you're joking. <laughs> no way. You know, that's not the solution. The solution is I need another job, a boyfriend, and change cities, change whatever. You know, need yoga, I need whatever. <laughs> None of those things had worked in the past, but you know, I would I'm still looking for that answer and, and by surrendering, by giving up, by saying, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do it. That's where I found my solution and for me that's what the step third step's about. It's when I say, I give up. <laughs> can't do it, can't do it, let it unfold, you know, that works and I know that, um, you know, at the end of that, um, uh, the 12 by 12, what it says there, you know, if you're going to, to start, what you start is, which, this is the introduction of the serenity prayer, where it says, you know, when there's a problem, um, you know, say the serenity prayer. And I know that, you know, in early days in, in AA when I was stuck, when the fear overcame me, when, you know, I didn't know what to do or whatever, that's what I did. I said the serenity prayer. Um, guess what? I've been around quite some years now. Guess what happens when I'm in fear or something doesn't work or whatever? What do I do? Say the serenity prayer. It still works. It still works because all of that... Um, you know, the big book, the first 164 pages in the big book haven't been changed in 80 years. We're still sticking with the same stuff. And the reason that we're sticking with it is because it works. And, um, you know, for me, step three is saying, again, I give up. I'll do what you suggest, no matter how stupid it seems, no matter how, how um, painful I think step four is going to be, no matter... I don't want to do that step nine, I can tell you. Um, you know, but... Because I'm desperate, because I know that what I do doesn't work, I'll give it a shot. That's step three for me. Thanks. Information about the annual Melbourne AA Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au. Thanks for letting us share.